Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Mike. And this is Gary. And this is Daniel. Good to be with you all tonight. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, we have an email. We have an email that I want to address tonight. I right? love it when we get emails. I do too. Just keep them coming, guys. Thank you, listeners, for reaching out. It's uh, They're always very enlightening, and I appreciate, uh, we always appreciate hearing from you, and and uh, it's, really, it's really fun to know of not only your struggles, but of your successes, and so mm-hmm. your emails are fantastic. We just enjoy them. This is an email from Robert. Uh Good afternoon. After listening to your podcast last night, I've decided to seek out a therapist in a 12-step program. I'm going to stop right there. Good job. Congratulations yeah. to you, Robert. That's uh, if, if I will go step. to bed tonight knowing that Robert took a step as a result of listening to something that you, some, that really, some wisdom that you all shared, and I yeah. think that's phenomenal. Well, you too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, it's, I think that's great. That is no small thing. No, it's not. No. And do you know what it makes? It makes all of the, the time and effort and energy totally worth it. Absolutely. Totally worth well, it. Well, and that's the first big step is yeah, admitting is. you have a problem yeah. and seeking help. So, Robert, we're going to, we just want to congratulate you on that big step because that is not a simple thing. I remember walking into my very first meeting the first time and how scared I was. Mm-hmm. And,. I remember our common counselor holding, and of course, his therapy sessions are always. So you have a therapy session, but then you have a you have a group session as well. His therapy sessions always required uh, his participation. Always mm-hmm. required a, a a group meeting as well. Those were always tough for me. Oh so, yeah. So the fact that somebody's decided to head down this path, I'm so it excited. Can be, it can be so overwhelming. It can initially, be. It can you know? be. I want to say one really critical part of that first part. Sure. I have decided. Yep. That's, it wasn't my wife is asking me to do it or I got caught, I'm going to do this. And, you know, and maybe it still is a little bit of that, but it's I have decided. Yep. That that right there, Robert, will see you through more of your path uh-huh. than anything is yeah. to say, this you, is a commitment that I've made. You, I've decided to do this. You yes. hang on to that. Repeat that to yourself. Absolutely. I have decided. Yep. Yeah, I've decided to do this. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to you. I would add only one caveat to that. Please find a counselor. Please find a counselor that knows this particular topic. There are lots mm-hmm. of counselors out there who believe they do, but find one that's CSAT trained yeah. who can help you with the idea and notion that you do have a problem and that you're struggling. And that they have the the tools then to be able to help you. I think every counselor out there talks about sexual addiction with their people, but only a handful of them are trained specifically in that right. topic. So find... Per- particularly where your email is going. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I'm going to read on. This from Robert. So I've decided to seek out a therapist in a 12-step program, so I'm extremely new to this. Um, how exciting. However, if alcoholics and drug addicts define being sober by not drinking or using mind-altering chemicals, how does a sex addict define sobriety without having to abstain from sex altogether? What a great question. That is a fantastic question. And I have a a thought I'd like to jump in. Share it, please. Okay. If alcoholics and drug addicts define being sober by not drinking or using mind-altering chemicals, I want to stop there. Sure. 
I don't think that that strictly speaking is how they define sobriety. That's right. how they define clean time. Right. Sobriety is whole a whole different world, a whole different yeah. world, change of lifestyle, change of attitude toward what it is. Yeah. Cause there's such a thing as a dry drunk. Absolutely. You know, well, not only that, not drinking, that's specifically not drinking alcohol. It's not, you know, he can, they can still drink Pepsi. They can still drink water. Sure. Um, so, you know, if you're married, sex is still going to be a component. Sure. It just it needs to be in a healthy manner and fashion. Right. Which is, right. I, which is where I think, where I think he's going to go. But so I just wanted to throw that out there that there's more than just a alteration of behavior. Correct. Yes. There, there is a good deal of, uh, we call it second order change, but changing of your thinking and ideas around what you're doing and understanding. Yeah, I think wise. that not drinking or using mm-hmm. mind, mind-altering chemicals is that first order change. Sure. Yeah. But he does bring up a really, really good question. So, so how do sex addicts define sobriety without having to abstain from sex altogether? Well, that's a fantastic question, and so I think, I think we've got a couple ways we can go. We can certainly talk about first and second order changes. Mm-hmm. Right. We can also talk about how I know the SA. Mm-hmm. If you're part of an SA program. They'll define it a certain way. If you're part of an SAA program, they'll define They've it a certain new way. Twist. Sure. So let's go ahead and touch base on some of those things, and we'll just. I and I think it's important that you find one that fits you. Yes, I do remember my very first experience of walking into an SA meeting, mm-hmm. um, and feeling very uncomfortable about how they defined what what uh, the universe of abstinence or what the big problem was for them. For them, the big issue had to do with. Um, lust. I think the, it's the lust of the mind that caused mm-hmm. and created problems in their universe. And it was an awkward. It was an awkward trying to wrap my head around what it was they were talking about and how that played into my world and yada yada yada. So mm-hmm. I, I ended up walking out of that. In fact, I remember walking out the door and tossing the booklet right in the garbage can almost immediately. Just it, it, it wasn't a fit. It was not a good fit for me. But at that all. model works for some people. <clears throat> that does and, work for and, some. And some people need that That's clear right. cut. I, I want a black and white kind of a structure. Right. And if that works for you, then, you know. Then grab, grab onto, onto it, it. Yeah. sure. Yeah. I think that's right. But it wasn't me. So mm-hmm. I just, my point is, is that I think you have to find what it is that, that navigate, what, what it is that sort of navigates your universe and your world and what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, my next step, obviously, was then into the SAA program. And the, the parameters of which they define this particular topic are entirely different. And, I, and, and it seemed to fit a little bit better for me. Uh, not only that, did it feel comfortable with our common counselor and the group settings that we were in with that sort of thing. And so it, it never at any point in time has everyone ever talked to me about complete abstinence because that's that's just not even real. Mm-hmm. That's not even reality. I, I, have enjoyed the, I have enjoyed some of the concepts that Shane has introduced multiple times, and that is is that it's not a bad thing to lust after your wife. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of keeping it in some sort of confined circumstance in such a way that, that instead of instead of my imagination running off to the pornography that I looked at mm-hmm. before or whatever, but but it's it's healthy to think sexual thoughts about to, a, to desire her to yeah. desire her mm-hmm. and to have those sorts of thoughts and feelings about your spouse. Sure. So so those are some of the parameters I think that you can put it in. <clears throat> I guess a lot of it. You, now we're we're going off a of, Robert. We're going off off a lot of a. Uh, I, I don't know if you have a primary relationship. I don't know what that looks like. I right. don't know how old you are, or what's going on in your world, or, or things like that. But, but you get to define in the SAA program. You get to define what 
healthy sexual behaviors. Absolutely. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that you just get to say everything's okay and go willy-nilly and do whatever you want. No, there, yeah. there, is, there is a very ordered way of doing this. This is why you have a counselor. This is why you have mentors. This is why you have a, people that you make yourself accountable to. You, you have to know your whys on where you put things. You know, these are the, these are the behaviors that I want to abstain from sure. completely. Sure. These are the behaviors that maybe I'm not quite sure of yet. That would be your mm-hmm. middle circle kind of stuff. And then on the outside, these are the behaviors that I want to engage in. Yeah. This yes. is what makes my my world healthy and, and good and things like that. And right. So when you define that, you'll need to sit down with somebody, usually a mentor or counselor, both, and you're going to you're going to define that. And you're going to let them know what those definitions are if, right. this is the, if this is the program that you're doing. If you are in a committed relationship, if you are married, or uh, then then your spouse definitely needs to be. She has some input. Into yeah, that. they, yeah, they yeah. need to have some input into that because, you know, healthy boundaries and things like that, you know. Uh, and then you get to, and you know, and it's even okay to have some things that you're not sure of in the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's okay. Yeah, I think some of the things that I thought through one of the one of the th- one of the most enlightening processes I went through was something that you, Gary, had brought up to me. Um, what I realized is how <clears throat> what drove a lot of the thoughts about sex in my mind were ex- external stresses that I was experiencing at the time, and that's really enlightening to understand. And I remember the comment that you had made to me was. You get to decide for yourself, Mike, what sex is and what sex isn't in your relationship. And um, there were lots of steps that I went through. One of the things that I found out as I Googled the idea, I, I just literally one day just hopped on Google and said, why do people have sex? A very large percentage of the response, I mean overwhelming response, large percentage was it releases stress. It relieves stress. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm not interested in coming home at the end of a work day and saying to my wife, we have to have sex because I had a really rough day. There's nothing about that that says this is a relationship kind of a thing that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I got a chance to, to look at that and define that and had a chance to really evaluate, is that what sex means to me in my life? So when we start talking about the question that Robert's asking here, it's a, it's a, it's a process of evaluating what sex really means to me in my situation I want to have a relationship with my wife such that sex is a natural outcropping or an out, you know, an outpouring of love as a result of us having some experience together or being able to spend time, quality time and connection together. I don't want it to be, hey, I just had a bad day at work. Get over here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so those are the things we get a chance to defi- decide for ourselves and define for ourselves. That's what healthy sex abstinence and what healthy sex relationships and all of that stuff that he's talking about in my mind is about. Yeah, I think so too. So that was one of the first things I had a chance to review. The second thing that I had a chance to think through is, is that uh, sex in a lot of cases is all this external influence. It can be pornography. It can be what I saw in the, you know, what I saw today at the mall, what I, it's hot outside and now I'm watching all this other, all this other stimuli that's making, that's influencing me. I wanted all of that to stop. So part of what he's getting at, in my mind anyway, is defining for myself, okay, I can't control all of that, but I can control how it interacts with me. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I wanted to focus on. I'm not interested in 
I don't think it's, again, I don't think that's a healthy thing to say, hey, I just went to the mall and I saw some some people who are wearing very nearly nothing, which means now I'm horny and I want to come home and have sex with yeah, my wife. Yeah, exactly right. Again, not a healthy sort of situation. No. So those are the things, again, that I think that that, that that question really posed to me was, Mike, what a great opportunity to define for yourself what these things really mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, ask yourself your the whys, you know. Right. Why do, why, what do I want it to be? What role do I want it to yes. play in my life? Yes. You know, uh, what do I want that to, you know, to mean, mean for me and my partner? That's right. You, you know what I mean? And what does she say to me when she says no? Yeah. Right. And how comfortable is it in your relationship for your wife to simply say, I'm not, I know I don't want sex tonight. You know, we haven't done anything that re- I, I'm, I'm angry at you right now. Mm-hmm. And so when she says, no, what is that telling me? And I don't have to attach anything to it. Right. And so I, those are the healthy abstinences of sex that we're talking about. I think that's what he's really getting at. Don't you think? Yep. I mean, that's what it kind of sounds like. It sounds like... Come back to this. It, I mean, he doesn't come out and say it, but it sounds like, hey, I'm in a relationship. I'm trying to figure out how to make this work. Yes. Because I, I'm afraid that that means that's off the table. Right. And how do we make this relationship work? Um, and it, we don't know for certain, but that's kind of at least the vibe I'm getting. Right. Yeah. And, but an important point, an important point is, is that I don't think, you know, even, even in a, in a strictly abstinence kind of a program like SA, um, they're not telling you to abstain from sex they're altogether. Not. No, they're not. You know, they, that they would be completely have, unhealthy. They would, they would have, they just have a very clear defined definition of what help, what a healthy you know, yeah. relationship looks like. And, and, you know, th- that's not a bad place to start. If you have, if you've got nothing else, you know, have a look at that and see what that right. looks like, you know, absolutely. And, but I don't think the intention is ever to, I mean, you're still, you're still alive. You're still a person. It's, and it's an integral, it's an integral part of the mortal experience. The mortal just, experience. Yeah, you it know? just simply is. And, and, <clears throat> You know, there are reasons for it beyond just reproduction. There are, I mean, it's how, I mean, if you engage in it in a healthy way, it can create a bond between you and your, your spouse that nothing else can. Right. You know? Right. And, and I think that that is also one of its primary purposes is to create that kind of pair bonding. Yes. And I try not to read too much into it. Sex Mm -hmm. is just sex in a lot of cases too. And, And I think it's nice to unpackage. Part of my upbringing was was I packaged so much of this mm-hmm. what it is and what it isn't kind of an idea. So when I was very famous in my early part of my marriage telling my wife that, well, if we're not having sex, that's telling me our relationship's not in a healthy place, mm-hmm. right? That's the that's the parameters or the, the barometer I would check to see if our marriage is okay. No, it wasn't. Sex is sex. Yeah. And, and when I can unpack some of that stuff, I can be okay when she says, not tonight, honey, it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not interested and I'm not in the mood. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nor that does doesn't it... mean I hate you. Get mm-hmm. out of my life. It just simply means not tonight. Also, it doesn't have to be this magical moment every time. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So those are, those are, and, you know, we're talking about these things in relation to the concept of he's saying of abstinence. Mm-hmm. 
It's not a matter of abstinence in the sense of no sex. What it is is it's got to be clearly defined for yourself and what it means and what it doesn't mean in a healthy way. And also what you're working toward. Yes. You know. Yeah, I love the I love the story that Mike that Mike tells it, and it's be, and the reason I I told him I said you're going to have to rethink everything you think you know what it is. Yes. You know, and that's because in my own experience, it's like, huh. I've had some really, really wrong ideas. Really about twisted this. idea about you, you this know, topic. And yeah, it's just and it's just turning out not to be what I thought it was. Yes, and quite honestly, what I'm discovering is way better than, you know. Sure. But it, anyway, I, I think what you know. To be quite honest with you, uh, Robert, I'm, I'm guessing that, that at the end of the day, what you know about sex is what somebody told you. Right. Right. I'm or guessing, what, or what society told that's you. That's exactly or, right. Yeah. So maybe it was mom and dad who didn't necessarily have a good sexual relationship. Maybe it was the universe or the world of people that you know out there. Or maybe it was that they learned from a, yeah. exactly that they learned or from an inappropriate TV source. shows. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I mean, think about even what you see in the sex. You know what what sex looks like on the movie screen is not at all yeah. how it really is. No. And so consequently, we have these misconceptions. We have this misunderstood ideas about what it is and what it isn't. And sometimes we just simply need to unpack all of that. And then start packing apart or start packing back the stuff that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the universe for all of us. Um, so it's not a matter of abstinence. It's a matter of finding what works in your particular circumstance, in your relationship, and making that make sense. Right. That's what I believe it is. But it needs to be clearly defined and you need to be accountable. Yes. Yes. And I don't think you ought to tackle this alone. I think this is a... Uh, this is something that you're going to need some help on. This isn't something I would recommend. I mean, a good counselor can help you out with that. That's a good sponsor, a good mentor. All of those are good sources of people who can help out. And where you've decided to start going to therapy and go to a 12-step program, those resources are going to be available Much to you. Much more available. You most yeah. definitely need to take advantage of them. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think... I don't think it has to be all that defined to say today this is hardcore what it is because a year from now it's going to be different than that. Sure. There's going to be some understanding that comes along the way of working through this in a healthy way that you're going to find yourself saying, oh, my word, what I thought I knew a year ago is not what I know now. Do you know, find find our episode of the podcast called The Three Circles. Yes. Yeah. Great uh, place to start. You know, that's a, that's a powerful, powerful tool. And... Uh, in that one, we talk a little bit about how to use uh, an assessment tool uh, called the three circles where you start mm-hmm. defining this behavior. Yes. Fantastic place Well, and to the start. nice thing about it, too, is, you know, as you get healthier and your wife feels safer, things may open up where things were off the table now become, they're on the table. Mm-hmm. Right. And you guys can discuss things. And it's like, okay, you know, she may come to you and say, okay, I feel comfortable. We might be able to change some things. And right. you, you never know. And that could be something that you routinely do every year, like right. a check-in of like, okay, where are we at? How do we feel? Right. So it's not a permanent thing. I mean, that's the one thing I do like about the, the three circles is not everything's permanent. It's not set in stone. You know, things can come in and out as yeah. we learn about things because, you know, as we're digging deeper, we may find that, oh, wow, this is actually not a middle circle item. It is an inner circle. I need to move it in. Yes. Yeah. And, well, this isn't really that bad. It can go out to middle circle. Right. So we're constantly moving those around. But 
we're not doing it willy-nilly. We're still talking to yes. our, our sponsor, our therapist, our I think, significant I other. I think the kind of the rule of thumb is is that you get to establish your circles, but you don't get to make any changes unless you're talking to somebody about Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. You don't get to make changes by yourself. Yeah, another really good example of is, you know, maybe maybe right now you're not in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, what might be an inner circle or a behavior that you do not want to indulge in is something that's off the table until... Yeah. Now I am in a committed relationship mm-hmm. and that yeah. makes things different. So yeah. I, I think you have to look at it from a standpoint. I'm assuming, of course, based on the reading that's going on here, that, that he's experiencing addiction because he's seeking out a counselor. Um, one of the one of the things the books wants to talk about is is that, that we, we need to understand that our mind's broken. Mm-hmm. We're in a we're in a state right now where we really can't trust our own judgment in a lot of ways. But over time, as we experience healthy activity and healthy behaviors, that we can mend ourselves, that we can mm-hmm. fix ourselves, and we can work our way back to a healthy state of being. That's what we're looking to do. That's the, prob- that's the process of healthy recovery. That It's not complete abstinence. It's a matter of understanding where we're at now and trying to make improvements in our life based on our fact that we're, our mind is damaged and we can work our way back to that spot. So... Having people in your life that can help you along with that is 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 great, and rely on them. They're mm-hmm. great resources. So, very good topic. I really enjoyed the questions. Now, thanks again, Robert, for sending that in. That's a fantastic topic. I'd be I'd be interested in a follow up from you at some point in time. Yeah, let us know how you're doing. Let us know how you're doing with that. That's a every addict has to experience this thing that you're asking, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> it's a great question, and it's one that everybody needs to. He needs to experience, and and, and it'll, you know my my process will be a little bit different than Gary's, a little bit a little, little different different than Daniel's, but we all go through it. So, well, that's it. I think we've run out of time. Uh, so this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. And this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. And this is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us.